Hey, if you're taking notes this morning, you want to write down just the topic or our title. The title sounds scary, but it's actually a message of hope and encouragement, so don't let the title fool you. But our title is Storm Warning. Storm Warning. I know that there are all kinds of different storms, right? There are thunderstorms, which I know a lot about. There are snowstorms, which you definitely know a lot about. There are ice storms. There are tropical storms. There are different kinds of storms that we face in life, right? There are relational storms. There are financial storms. There are physical or health storms. Somebody wave at me if you're going through a storm right now, just one of those storms. Anybody going through like multiple storms at the same time? Yeah, you know when people are waving both hands and a foot, you know that they're really for real in the middle of a storm. There are all kinds of storms, and I, I know this to be true, just as there are different types of storms, there are different responses to storms. Like, people respond different ways. Like, there are actually people, like, their title, and they're proud of this, which is the part that I don't understand, but they call themselves, and others call them, storm chasers. I'm like, for real, bro? And you're proud of that? Like, you're bragging about that? And there might be some storm chasers in here, and and I won't call you out, but I will let you know you're on my prayer list. Okay, storm chasers. People say, there's a storm over there, and they run towards it. Storm chasers. I don't get it. Then there are storm haters. Any storm haters in here? You just don't even like storms. Like my wife, Casey, is a storm hater. She does not like them. See, she associates all storms with tornadoes because they're like common, you know, where we live. But despite living there for years, she's not like used to them or over them. She hates them with a passion. And so she is the one who, some of you are like this too, personality-wise, you like, uh, you like to be prepared. You like to be organized. You like to be ready, right? And so Casey has our designated storm closet, you know, in our house. And, 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 and so at any hint, in any potential possibility of a storm, she's getting out blankets, granola bars, bottles of water, you know, uh, flashlights, uh, batteries, extra set of batteries, because you just don't know. You never know when you might need to hang out there for like, you know, three or four years, and she wants to be fully stocked, you know, in case that happens. And, and so I could say to her, like, hey, why, why, are, you, why are you doing it? What, what's going on? She said, well, I watched whether there's a chance of rain <laughs> two weeks from now. So I thought we better go ahead and get on top of this. And I, I'm a little bit different than that. I mean, you got some storm chasers, you got some storm haters, and then you got what I, I'm just calling storm stewards. Like, that's an interesting word, but what does that even mean? Meaning, like, you can't stop them all from coming. I mean, there are some unexpected storms. There are some uh, explainable storms. Some, maybe you could call them self-inflicted storms, right? And you know, that's where you don't have any mystery. You don't have to wonder where did this storm come from. You just look back at your own decision-making, your own choices. And you're like, this storm, okay, okay, I brought this storm. That's a self-inflicted storm. You might even call yourself a storm chaser or a storm creator. But then there's storm haters, and those are the ones who, I would just use that term maybe to describe those in life. They just despise it. They're, they're worried about it. They're overly worried. And so they watch the news. And so because of something that the news says about the uh, politics or about uh, the economy or something like that, they immediately go to worst case scenario. Like, I hate storms. I don't want storms. I don't like storms. And what if he gets elected? What if she gets elected? And, and all of the, uh, here's what we better. So I'll move to Canada or whatever. You know, they're like trying to come up with plans. 
Storm stewards are those who recognize storms are a part of life. How many of you know this is earth, this is not heaven, right? And that's a good thing. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to go to heaven. Anybody else just wave at me. You say, I can't wait. I can't wait. It is on my bucket list. I can't wait to go to heaven. No more sickness, no more pain, no more heartache, no more sorrow, no more disease, no more depression, no more anxiety, no more taxes. Come on, something should excite you about right now. I mean, heaven is going to be awesome. I can't wait to go there, but until I'm there I'm here and Jesus said while you're on earth there are going to be difficult times he said it this way in John chapter 16 verse 33 in this world you will have tribulation but then he says but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world so in this world there will be storms but you don't have to lose your peace you don't have to lose your hope why because I'm bigger than the storm tell your neighbor right now God's bigger than your storm go ahead and just tell them that God is bigger than your storm. So today I want us to look at this thought of storm warning and I want us to be encouraged and filled with hope as we know that storms are a part of life but how we respond to them could be a real difference maker in how we experience life and the call of God and the plan of God that he has for us. And I want to turn your attention to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. How do we respond to storms? Especially, or in particular, unexpected storms. Ones you didn't ask for, you didn't see it coming, you didn't do anything to deserve it, but nonetheless you find yourself in it. How am I supposed to respond? Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. Verse 23. Let's begin reading with that. It says, Then he, he being Jesus, then Jesus got into the boat and his disciples followed him. They are on the Sea of Galilee, which is really a large lake. It's not the sea the way we would think of it or picture it. I mean, it's 13 miles long and 8 miles wide at its, at its greatest width. But at this point here, they're coming from Capernaum and they're going across the lake to the other side. So they're probably talking about a 5 or 6 mile journey here. And it says, then Jesus' disciples get into the boat to go from one side to the other. And it says in verse 24, suddenly, somebody say suddenly. suddenly. Come on, everybody shout Suddenly. Because it didn't creep up on them. It wasn't like, like yeah, this is what we're anticipating. This is what the, the meteorologist told us. This is the forecast, but this was an unexpected storm. It says, suddenly, and then listen to what kind of storm. Suddenly, a, what kind? A furious storm. And that doesn't sound fun, does it? A furious storm. What kind of storm is a furious storm? Any storm I'm going through is a furious storm. If you're going through it, it may not be that big of a deal, right? That's kind of like the difference in major surgery and minor surgery. What's the difference? If I'm going through this major surgery, if you're going through this minor surgery, you know how that works? So sometimes we can talk to people who are going through a storm and we're like, come on, man, hang in there. God's with you. Everything's cool. But if I'm going through the storm, I'm like, this is from the pit of hell. This is from Hades. This is terrible. This is furious. For these guys, though, you need to know as Scripture is, is recounting this story, story when it says suddenly and when it caused it a furious storm this is not like this subjective some people would say well it wasn't that big of a deal as we'll learn no this is pretty intense because specifically Matthew as he records this account here of this encounter with the storm he uses this word that we translated as ferocious and here in this passage in the original in the Greek we also would get our word from that word earthquake 
So he's saying this is so intense This is so significant. It's as if the earth is quaking and shaking, and that's what's causing these 8 to 10-foot waves to come splashing over the side. Mark and Luke don't use earthquake to describe it. They use whirlwind or tempest or think like tornadic, like a tornado. So when we just hear this, this description, a furious storm, we would do well to climb up into the emotion of the moment and realize that this is like the combination of an earthquake, of a tornado colliding and coming together to where these jokers thought they were about to die. We also know that this was taking place at night and We're all aware of the fact that storms always seem so much worse at night. And it says, suddenly that furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. You know, unless I miss my guess this morning, there are people in here and you feel like the waves, the swirling winds, the shaking of the earth has created a storm that in your life when you look at it you just think I just don't see how I can make it through it unless I miss my guess there are people here today that when we talk about going through difficulty you're like boy if if I could just have the mic to tell my story and it's one of pain could be one of brokenness could be one of fear could be connected to relationship. Could be something going on in the home. Could be connected to finances. Could be connected to a doctor's report. And you say, I know about storms. What's pretty interesting to me about this story is that it says all of this was going on, this furious storm, this life-threatening storm, and then you get to the next part of, that we're going to read at the end of verse 24 after it says suddenly this furious storm comes on the lake and the waves are sweeping over the boat. And then verse 24 it says, but Jesus was, what does it say? Sleeping. Okay, come on, time out. Let's pause for just a second. Come on, don't, don't, don't. You, you've got to stop. You've got to read the Word of God. You've got to observe the text. You've got to understand the text. How many of you have ever been reading your Bible before and it all sounds just fine and then you, you're like, yes, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That don't make sense, Jesus. Have you ever been reading your Bible and done that before? If you're paying attention, you will because you'll run into scriptures to where when you look at it, you go, you know, in the natural, that does not even add up. I mean, for me, I'm picturing Jesus in the boat. I'm picturing Jesus in the boat that's in the middle of the storm. And these waves are crashing against and spilling over into the boat. And these guys were frightened and they thought they were about to die. But Jesus was sleeping in the boat. It doesn't make sense to me. So I'm asking, how? Why? Some of you are like, no, bro, I get it. I'm a deep sleeper. I know exactly what Jesus is up to. I'm more like Jesus than I even realized. Yeah, I sleep like Jesus. And some of you think this is like commentary on he uh, is a deep sleeper. But I think that it's more than just him being a deep sleeper. I think that this is a picture of his divinity. 
I don't, don't think that this is commentary on, but he was so tired. Come on, earthquaking, tornadic winds and waves, and he, he's, he's, he's reclined. There's lying down in the boat, and waves splashing over, water hitting his face. Do you think that Jesus is going, num, 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 num. I don't even feel anything. No, no, no. It's not a picture of his ability to sleep. It's a picture of his peace. It's a statement to you and a statement to me that no matter what is going on around, our God is never intimidated by our storms. Even if it feels life-threatening, even if it's something that appears to be beyond your control, even if it's something that you don't know how to fix, even if it's something that you cannot correct, even if it's something to where when you look at it, you feel like it is the final straw or you feel like you are out of options, how many of you understand that even when it is over your head, you realize it is still under his feet? Are you thankful for that? Aren't you reassured today? Aren't you grateful for, don't you find comfort in the fact that even when you are facing something that is undeniable and no doubt your life could be taking what it appears to be just blow by blow by blow, aren't you thankful that despite your world that could feel like it's out of control, it says that he's got the whole world in his hands. Aren't you thankful for that? Don't you take comfort today knowing that even when you feel like your world is falling apart, Jesus is still the glue that keeps it all together. What you have to hear, what you have to know is that despite anything that you're facing or you're going through, God is not intimidated by your storm. He's in control. In this world, you will have tribulation. In this world, there will be storms. Storm warning. Is your heart beating? Yes. Then you're going to face storms. This is earth. This is not heaven. We're not there yet. Can't wait to get there. But until we get there, there will be stuff that happens here on earth. But while we go through it, you need to know that he is still king over it. That's what this passage is about. It says in the next verse, in verse 25, the disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown, which is funny to me on a couple of levels. Number one, you just told Jesus he was about to drown. That's just funny to me. Can you imagine Jesus going, oh, okay, thanks. Thanks, because I, I, I was about to be a goner. Thank you. I'm, I'm grateful for you telling me that the winds and the waves that I created were about to kill me. So thank you for it. Like, funny to tell Jesus he's about to drown, number one. Second thing that cracks me up about this is that like this is raw emotion right here. And when you think about the fact that number one, fellas do not like to admit ever when they are scared or afraid like you even like trying and convince a fella he's right he's like I'm not scared I'm concerned like fellas will play words you know they'll just like do whatever they can to where it's like no 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 I'm not afraid you sneak up on a guy if you startle him after he jumps and screams you know because he's afraid then he rears back hey man don't slip up on me like that I'll knock your head off they try and turn it because that's what guys do so ladies just so you know when they're acting like everything's okay on the inside they're like, <laughs> that's the way guys do they don't admit it so for one we've got some fellas in a boat secondly these aren't just dudes these are professional fishermen they are experienced 
sailors. So you want to talk about a man's man. You want to talk about a salty dog. You want to talk about somebody who's tougher than tough. I mean, these are the kind of guys who, when they get back from a trip, they get on the shore and they're like, man, that was a crazy storm. They start messing with each other. You're like, yeah, you were scared. I I wasn't scared, man. Yeah, everybody, Bobby was scared. Did y'all see how Bobby was scared? They never want to say that they're scared. But this is one to where every single one of them, in the moment, in the middle of a furious storm, they start screaming like junior high girls, we're gonna die! Okay, you know you're scared when you're calling out like that. So what was it about it that caused it to be so crazy? It's because even despite the fact that they had been through so many storms in the past, this one, they thought, this is it. I mean, maybe at the beginning, kind of getting a little shaky, Kind of, oh, whoa, I thought, whoa, kind of getting, oh, yeah, how much further do we have? Man, we got a few ways. Oh, my goodness. All right, that's cool, though. I'm sure we're going to be fine. And then they kind of progress, and it gets worse, and it's like, hey, we better hurry. Hey, somebody help, somebody help me. Now they're screaming and crying. They're calling, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Now look at what it says in verse 26. Jesus replied, and I love this response, you of little faith, why are you so afraid again as i'm reading scripture i'm looking at that going i'm trying to figure out or understand that question because i'll be like jesus now with you being god and everything i know that you don't ask dumb questions all right so i'm not suggesting in any way that that's a dumb question but i am saying if you ever wanted to ask a dumb one that's a good one right there that's a that's a winner winner Why are you so afraid? I don't know. Besides the fact we're about to die, outside of that, everything's cool. I have no problem, no worries. Why are you so afraid? Why is he asking that question? Because you could look at it and think, is he oblivious? Is he unaware? Or is he not in tune? Does he not understand? No, 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 no. You have to get this, that he's in the same boat. He sees everything that's going on around him. And and so he's about to get up. And so we know, understand, he's still down. And so there's water hitting his face. So don't picture Jesus in this storm, water hitting his face. And and everybody's screaming, they're about to die. Jesus is like, what? What's going on? I don't even know what's going on. Why is everybody afraid? This is not him being oblivious. He's not asking them to deny their reality. He's turning their attention towards a greater reality. What he's saying is, he's not saying, what waves? What water? I don't feel it. He's not in denial. He's not like, why are you so afraid? I don't see any storm. He's saying, why are you thinking that we're going to drown when I'm in your boat. He's just saying, I just want you to be aware of the fact that God does not drown. So why are you freaking out thinking you're going to drown? Am I not in the boat? And let me say it another way. It's not a matter of is Jesus in your boat. The question is, are you in Jesus' boat? And if you are in Jesus' boat, you can know you're not going to drown. Can you receive that? If you are in Jesus' boat, you are not going to drown. Oh, you of little faith, 
Why are you so afraid? Don't you know that I have the power to save you? And they're like, yeah, that's why we woke you up. Look at the next verse. It says in verse 26, the end of that, then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Because he's above it. Because he's bigger than it. He rules over it all. There's nothing that sneaks up on God. There's nothing that intimidates our king. There's nothing that stumps him. Some of you have gone through storms, but now you're in a storm and going, but this one, but this one though? I know everything's worked out in the past, but I'm pretty sure this is the end of all. This one, there's no way out. There's nothing too difficult for God. He deals with it. Have you tried to like stop storms? You'll quickly find how limited you are. I mean, even talk about just like natural storms. You ever tried to stop a thunderstorm? Go try it sometime. See how that goes for you. No, this time, though, I'm bringing 20 of my best friends, my strongest friends. We're going to go out there, and we're going to, good luck. Go see how that goes for you. Just to go see. Oh, okay, what are you going to, you going to grab a baseball bat? Is that going to help you? Okay, now we're going to, that's, that's not going to work. Put on some boxing gloves. You look at it, and you go, Scotty, that's ridiculous. That's foolish. But when you think about Jesus fighting against that storm, what is your picture? Did you know that God does not operate in the realm of difficulty? Think about this, meaning it's not like that one was kind of hard, but this one is really, really hard. Angels, everybody, I'm going to need some help on this one. It's not like that with our God. There are no levels of difficulty. Yeah, you helped me in the past, but that was an easy one. This one right here, though, I think it stumped heaven. doesn't work like that. Look, because look at what Scripture says. Jesus doesn't even get, like, worked up for it. Like, picture, how's he going to overcome this? It's not like he's going, okay, I've, I've never seen one this big before, but I think we got it. I just need everybody to start chanting my name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Clatter, come on, this is a big one. He's not having to work it up. I love watching the Olympics, you know, before, like, some day there. Part of my favorite part, watch them get all psyched up. Did you see that? You know the part, you know that. Ah, 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 and that's just for like gymnastics. You know what I'm talking about? Like that's for the, we're not even talking about the weightlifters. You know what I'm saying? So as you're picturing this, do you think Jesus is going, ah, ah, ah. you think he's trying to, no, no, no. What does scripture say that he did? Jesus was like, why are you guys so afraid? I'm like, you a bad man when you can stop a storm with a shush. That's bad right there. <laughs> and it says that the winds and the waves were completely calm. The waves that were crashing as a result of the wind that was blowing. Listen, Jesus can speak to the root of your issue and the consequence of your issue. There are some people that you're looking at this and you're like, but I got myself in this one. This one, maybe not unexpected, but it, uh, I'm not surprised. As I look back, I can see that it's traced back 
to me. Did you know that whether it's self-inflicted or whether it's something that you had nothing to do with, did you know that whether or not you're going through one at a time or four all at once, God's not intimidated? God is not at a loss of control? But when you are in Jesus' boat, and when you look to him and you ask for his help, God is able to speak to the root as well as the result, and he is able to speak peace. Be still. It says in verse 27, and the worship team can come and get in place, it says, the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. What kind of man is this? That the waves and the wind obey him? What kind of man is this? That when we feel like no matter what we try and do, we can't save ourselves, but he gets up and he says, be quiet, and all of the natural submits to him. Why? Because God does not live in the natural. He supersedes it. He is supernatural. He's not stuck in our problems. He's preparing you for the miraculous to intervene. God is at work in ways that you don't even know. You can't even see where it's coming from. You don't even know how he's going to do it but with simply a word from Jesus everything changes what kind of man is this like who has so much authority that the most severe of storms bows at his commands now I'll answer that who is our God what is he like? What kind of God is this that we love and serve? He's a God of the impossible. He's a God who can speak to a marriage that is messed up. That seems to be impossible to salvage. Hurt, betrayal, anger, hatred, and somehow, some way, in his supernatural sovereign power, he's able to speak peace and a relationship be restored. What kind of God is this? He's the kind of God that can speak to a wayward son or daughter who's estranged, running from a relationship with Christ. And God is able to chase after them and overtake them with a love that is unconditional and a love that is never ending and a grace that is greater than all of their sin. He's the God who can bring the wayward son or daughter home. What kind of God is this? He's the God who provides. He's Jehovah Jireh. 
He's the God who says, quit looking to your job for your peace because of provision. Quit thinking that your boss is the substance and the source of what it takes to have your needs met. Don't put your, 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 your emotions in that emotional roller coaster of panic and, and despair. And, and what if this is going on at work? This is happening. I don't know. I may lose. Listen, fix your eyes on Jesus. Our God owns all of the cattle on a thousand hills. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. My God shall apply all of my needs according to his glorious riches. All. Get in his boat and stay there. He'll supply all of your needs. What kind of God is this? He's Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. He's the God who's bigger than cancer. He's the God who's bigger than the doctor's report. Look to him. Call out to him. Trust in him. Put your hope in him. The devil is a liar. And there's some of you, he's been after your peace, after your joy. He's wanting you to be consumed with the winds and the waves. And he's telling some of you, you brought this on yourself. You are a storm chaser. This is self-inflicted. You've done this. You cannot possibly call out to God because you did this yourself. God is not even happy. God is mad at you. Listen, the devil is a liar. I want you to know that if you have strayed from God, if you have uh, so to speak, sown your wild seeds and now you are reaping a whirlwind. I want you to know that who is this God? This is a God who's not mad at you, but he's a God who's mad about you. You need to know that he loves you unconditionally. He stands ready to forgive you and give you a fresh start, a clean slate. What kind of God is it? He's the kind of God who says, yep, you did get yourself in that. And nope, you can't get yourself out of it. But he says, I stand ready to restore you. I stand ready to forgive you. He can mend a broken heart that no surgeon could ever put back together. But with one word, he can heal your heart today. What kind of God is he? He's a God who's with you. He's a God who's for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you?